0: This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Jenkins, do you know what a support animal is? Valentine's Day Minutia. Missed it by that much. Valentine's Day Cubs. And Rick's Brush with Warren Zevon. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Man. <laughs> that is coming up right now.
1: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men Man. with Rick and Dave.
0: Welcome to another episode of Minutia Men with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. A show that provides absolutely nothing no, of value.
2: Nothing of value. Give us 30 minutes, we give you nothing. Zippo. Yep, yeah, yeah bupkis. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Nada. But, yeah. This is just for us. Yeah, it is. Basically. Right. And if you guys happen to listen, hey, great. That's gravy.
0: <laughs> you're basically listening listening in on one of our daily phone calls. This is what you yeah. listen into. And so yeah. uh it's very authentic, I will say that.
2: Yeah. Um and I'm not even driving, which usually although that's against the law, isn't it, to talk and drive because I don't have a headset
0: or a hands-free thing well last week i immediately after we finished our podcast i got in a car and drove to grand rapids michigan yeah how'd that go it went it went great uh this so this is uh it's actually being reported in a bunch of the press but the, you want to get the full story i'll have it in my illinois entertainer column uh march 1st but uh you know as as uh, as a special gift to minutia men fans i'll give you the story right now if you want to hear it
2: so that's value. We're yeah. actually giving value. Damn it. That
0: goes against what we're supposed to do.
2: <laughs> Didn't you read the business mod, the Crap. business mission statement? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Throw them the bone. Throw, a list, the, throw the listeners a bone here.
0: So, um, uh, you know, I'm the co-author of Records Truly is My Middle Name, uh, which is the memoir written by John Records Landecker and the publisher, as Dave is, too, and the publishers. And when that book came out, there was a whole section in there about how much John uh, regretted that he never graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you were the first one that mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. said, maybe there's something we can do, some way we can get him a college degree. And I called my friend Len O'Kelly, who is a, a media professor at Grand Valley State University, which is where John Landecker went. For his first, I believe, two years of college, and talked to Len about it, trying to figure out. And I was thinking, you know, just getting him some sort of an honorary degree. Well, we could have just
2: printed one up here at my house. I could get an embosser on Amazon and make it look official. Would he even know the difference? I that think was he what might. I was thinking. Like, okay, <laughs> <I> think <he laughs> might. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, but whatever.
0: anyway, that so that just got the ball rolling. But from there, Len took it and ran with it. And uh, Len figured out how, uh, how many credit hours John was short because he had to drop out of, uh, drop out of college in his last semester of school. And this was a very touching thing for him because he did not want to give up on his college dream. It was the only thing that mattered to his father. Right. right. And you know how we all have father issues. <laughs> yes. and, and his whole life. It's been gnawing at him that he did not get that college degree. So Len figured out the number of credits that he had at uh, Grand Valley State and the number of credits that he had at Michigan State, where he also attended. He also went to Columbia College and he figured out that John actually did have enough credit hours minus one class. He -hmm. was three hours short. And all he needed to do was an independent study course uh, that would give him those final three hours. And mainly independent study courses, for those of you who have ever taken one, are writing assignments. Mm-hmm. And Len went to the dean of his school and said, you know, writing assignments, John has written a book. Right, right. Yeah. And it's in the school library. And sure enough, they pulled it out, looked at it, and the dean said, You know what? This does qualify. And they got all the strings together. And John was invited up there uh, last Wednesday or last Thursday to uh, speak to Len's class, not knowing that he was about to get his college diploma. And he had just told a story about how he you know looked up to all the kids that were out in the crowd because they were all going to be one up on him they all have college degrees and john is a dropout i mean it was like a like a r- radio yeah, transition right. you know what i mean it was an abc after school special is what this was <laughs> right it was and then the dean of the college came up holding the diploma uh and went up to john and said you know told him that you know, we've gone through all your transcripts. Uh, it turns out that you have enough to graduate. Uh, your final class here is Grand Valley State. Congratulations, you're a member of the 2017 graduating class of Grand Valley State University. And John broke down. Uh, I, you know, I've known him for 20-some years. I've never seen him cry before. And, and he was really holding it in. It took him quite a while to get, like, the uh, – I don't know the the, the snorting
2: you know the, was he snorting because whenever I cry I do the I do the Mary Tyler snort, snorting a little bit was he snorting at all
0: no no he yeah. had more of a good Hollywood cry okay. he didn't have like a Rick and Dave cry
1: <laughs> uh, uh, but
0: then uh, he said uh, I walked in today a college dropout and I'm going to be walking out a college graduate I mean, he was well that's
2: going to make me cry that's going to make mean, me I, cry. I
0: was I got to tell you I was crying I was definitely oh, no. crying. Oh, that's wonderful! And it was a beautiful uh, moment, and I was happy to be tipped off to it by Leno Kelly. and And congratulations to John, and congratulations to uh, Grand Valley State University for having such a distinguished mm-hmm. alumni. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I was doing last week.
2: Did you hear what was waiting for John when he got home? Did you hear about this? No. Um, it was an alumni association fundraising letter. <laughs> was in his mailbox. <laughs> i don't know how they did it but they they were able to get it in there right then uh that would not surprise (laughs) me (laughs) congratulations to john that's great well you know what um well while you were again taking another one of your vacations you know i was in the office obviously all day work Mm -hmm. because you went thursday afternoon didn't you was that what it was thursday no thursday wednesday
0: afternoon and came back thursday evening
2: and then, as far as I know, you took Friday off, too, because I didn't see you in the
0: office at all.
2: Uh, but as really you, know, It's
0: a long drive. I had, to, I had to rest.
2: Well, snow was Friday, right?
0: It, each way, was, each direction I drove through a snowstorm for about 100 miles.
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I shoveled, you know, I, we, I was here shoveling snow for the office.
0: You know right? what? I saw the shoveling job that you did. Okay. Yeah. Well,
2: well hold on. Well hold on here. Um so on Friday morning I wake up, you know, because I'm a valued member of the community here and I did my part. I, you know, and also as a land baron, I mean I own a huge estate, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um so I shoveled the snow. I shoveled, you know, the driveway and I shoveled the side of the the house, you know, because we live on a corner lot. I shoveled the entire front of the lot. Um and I was actually kind of proud of myself. I'm like, all right, I got up early. I did this. Um, you know, I, I feel good. It was physical activity. You know, I was like a farmer. You know what I mean? I got up early to to milk milk the chickens or whatever they do. And <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> and uh, so I sit down with a cup of tea feeling actually pretty good about myself. Right. You know, the kids were still asleep because it was a snow day. And my wife, you know, hadn't really done anything yet. So, um, you know, I was, you know, I was ham- So. I hear the doorbell ring, so I go out to the door and I go "hello" because I was all happy and I was a kid with a shovel. And he's like, "Mister, would you like me to shovel your walk?" And I look at him and I go, "Well, I just did." And he and he looks over his shoulder and he turns back to me. He goes, "Really?
0: <laughs> exactly?
2: <laughs> Don't judge me, you little shit. I got scoliosis. All right." <laughs>
0: Uh I, I don't want to say that fast it.
2: Oh well, okay. But it's it's I mean it's from a legal standpoint, it's all I had to do, right? I mean I'm not gonna get a ticket anymore. So
0: you know uh my my lovely wife Bridget. Uh, uh yeah. she uh she insists that I'm not allowed to shovel anymore because she doesn't want me to die in the uh driveway.
2: A, gra- a grabber.
0: Yeah. So she says that the boys have to do it. And so the boys were out there shoveling. And on Friday, you know, what did we have? Like eight inches of snow or something like that? Quite a, no, quite yeah. a bit of snow. Um, but, you know, the, the boys do not do it up to Bridget's standards either. <laughs> and so she was out there all day on Saturday and made them redo the whole thing. <laughs> and well, and I, then and then she came in and she. And I said, well, why? I, you know, would you just let the boys do it? She goes, I want them to know what level it needs to be done from now on this is the standard
2: uh uh, does she like go to a baseball game at wrigley and like go to the grounds crew and go you know what you didn't cut this lawn particularly good enough
0: (laughs) no no i i don't think so but
2: uh well that's great and uh but yes to the kid to the kid that judged me um a middle finger right up your ass that wow it,
0: so. wow yeah you were sticking <laughs> a finger up the ass of a little kid right now
2: <laughs> he was a little he was like 14 15 it's oh, it. still illegal uh, yeah all right um you know i got another story it's, it's are we gonna do a show today or should i tell you this story oh what the hell i'll just tell you this story okay um this morning it happened about two hours ago um i get an email i check my email in the morning and i got an email from chase bank and it said you know, action required, Chase Bank. So, I clicked on it. Obviously skeptical, right? You know, you get right. you get these emails, yeah. right? So, yeah. so and, and so, I, I, you know, I was I was very skeptical of it. And then I hovered my cursor over the email from. You know, you could do the email address from. Yes. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to tell you. I will tell you the first. Thing, it was Kevin at, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the company like Acme Health Company, or something. (laughs) Now listen, it it gets better. So I'm like, okay, obviously this is a scam. So I looked up the company, which was, let's say, Acme Healthcare Company. I went on their website, and I found Kevin in the staff directory. And it had the same email address that Kevin had that was sent. So I do what anybody would do, I called Kevin okay at, at the Acme Healthcare Company so I call him up hello Kevin I won't even say his last name and I go uh, hi Kevin this is Nick Abernathy from the United States Scam, you know scam email division you are in violation of provision 225.6 and I just start spewing this there was a pause and he hung up the phone wow no so after the podcast I'm gonna rent a black sedan
0: <laughs> i hope you i hope everyone sun- listening realizes that they should not mess with you i don't know right. if anybody if anybody right. wants to mess with dave it, it won't turn out well for you
2: i right i'm gonna get sunglasses a dark suit a black sedan and i'm just gonna tail kevin all day today and <laughs> to get and freak him out all
0: so, right I hate, yeah. to, I hate to bring this up but is it possible that his Email was hacked from somebody else, it been third it party, been. and you're you're tormenting uh, this poor, defenseless Kevin from Acme Healthcare for uh, no uh, reason. Po- well, it's possible, but he hung up the phone after I said this to him. That is a little suspicious,
2: right? Exactly. And by the way, I always use Nick Abernathy whenever I need to do a fake person. Nick Abernathy is my go-to name. I,
0: what happened to Jenkins? <laughs> well, speaking of Jenkins. Oh, are we rolling into the show? Great segue.
2: Great segue. Hey, this is a duel, by the way. This is a Jenkins and a Florida story.
0: Can you do both jingles? Uh, Okay, yes. Let me do Jenkins first. Hang on.
1: When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins! Jenkins. Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Okay, and here is Florida. What's wrong with you,
2: Florida? Okay. This is going to be one of the stories that on the surface is going to be right up our alley. All right. Okay. You know, it's kind of a funny little stupid story, but it's very, it's, you're going to experience a wide range of emotions through this story. Okay. So get ready for an emotional roller coaster. Are you ready?
0: Okay. I'm ready.
2: Spirit Airlines employee told student to flush emotional support hamster down the toilet. Student alleges. Did you hear about this? No. A college student said that said she flushed her emotional support hamster down the toilet after Spirit Airlines refused to let her bring her furry pet on the plane. Bellin Eldacosia, 21 of Miami Beach, Florida, told the Miami Herald that she contacted Spirit uh, Spirit Airlines before her flight from Baltimore to South Florida um, regarding travel with her dwarf hamster Pebbles a nice name for a yes. hamster, right? So, Aldicosia claimed that the airline told her that it was not a problem. Go ahead. You can bring your hamster in. No problem. She could, The hamster can fly. We'll even give you nuts. I don't know. Some customer representative named Jenkins said everything was okay. Well, it's not. At Spirit Airlines refused to let her on the plane with Pebbles the hamster. So, the customer service rep said, well, you got two choices. You can either let your hamster free in the airport parking lot or flush it down the toilet. Wow. Uh, that's <laughs>
0: unbelievable.
2: Well, it is a little unbelievable. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that this did happen because she's got lawyers and stuff and what, and spirit airlines has kind of apologized. I
0: think, um, but not but, really, and knowing I mean, spirit did. airlines, they probably charged her a toilet usage fee. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. So she, after agonizing what to do flushed the hamster down the toilet and gave her a burial at sea via the public restaurant
0: wow that is sad. that's sad it, it is sad i mean it's a um, 21 year old it's not like a you know a 9 year old but still i you know it's an innocent yeah, hamster
2: it is uh, i got a couple of observations you want to hear okay. um, first of all this this woman has completely ruined her career as a pet sitter Don't you think? (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Possibly even as a babysitter. too. Uh I'm thinking that her future is in peril. Uh, second of all, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have emotional support animals when times got tough. Right.
0: No, that's right. We just cried like little babies.
2: You know, when I was voted fem of the year, did (laughs) I have a little furry little friend to help me through those times? Was that 76
0: or 77?
2: I was 77. Okay. That was 77. Um, the uh, Well, I think the voting was late 76, but I didn't get inaugurated as Femme of the Year until 77, okay. I believe.
0: All right, cool.
2: Uh, well, we did what our German parents told us to do, is bury all that yeah. emotional Just angst and sorrow.
0: Up, yeah. Just suck it up and and push it. <laughs> shove it right back down. Shove it right, right back down as deep <laughs> right. as you can. Just shove right. it <laughs> and in 40 years, you could do a podcast
2: and talk about <laughs> it as shtick, right? Uh, and finally... You know when is this emotional support thing when does it end I mean could I have an emotional support stripper or a hooker could that be my emotional uh, emotional I think Spirit
0: Airlines would allow it I don't know about (laughs) Michelle Stern
2: (laughs) Uh, you know and I was also thinking parrots probably would not be good emotional support animals because there there was a
0: story about a peacock somebody tried to bring a peacock as an emotional support animal but yeah anyways what were you saying about parrots
2: I was going to say, with my luck, I would get a parrot that would just be the most sarcastic, cynical parrot and would just, like, humiliate me and insult me through the entire. So that would not be a good.
0: The odds emotion. would be good of that happening if the parrot parrots Mimics. things that he hears, you know, <laughs> I know around right. you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Mr. Uh, mean.
2: Stay away from the parrot. Hey, uh, Kevin, it's but,
0: me, Nick Aber- Abernathy. <laughs> <Right>. What? <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, there you go so you got a hamster don't fly spirit airlines that's either. that is
0: kind of sad though i mean it is, it is sad i, it I is. like i'm a pet guy so it, it bums me out all right it's uh well
2: this is also coming from the guy who used to
0: get my gerbils roger and pete high in college <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about that sounds like somebody else <laughs> that uh Do you
2: know how much money I had to pay in food after you got them high? I mean, Roger and Pete couldn't stop eating
0: afterwards. Do you have any videotape? No, but... Okay, then it didn't happen.
2: uh, uh, I still remember the paper bag you used. Okay. You blew uh, blew the smoke in and then you put Roger and Pete
0: in the bag. Okay. We're going to carry on now with another uh, feature.
1: This week's Minutia
0: with Rick and Dave. Uh, This Uh, is, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day uh, today. mm -hmm which um, it won't be Valentine's Day anymore when we post this, but, you know, it's still a uh, an important day. And I have gone through and found some valuable Valentine's Day minutia. For instance, Dave, did you know that Valentine's Day goes all the way back to ancient Roman times? No, I did not, no. Uh, there was a fertility celebration around the uh a turn of or you know that what do we call that year zero yeah turn of the century right well see is it the turn of the century the turn of the millennium what are, you know what yeah. i'm talking about yeah whatever um it was the festival of lupercalia it's a fertility celebration and uh in 19, or in, in 496, in the year 496, Pope Gelasius, my favorite pope, mm-hmm. uh, he renamed it Valentine's Day after, uh, after St. Valentine's Day. St. Uh, Valentine, there were many St. Valentines, but the one that they think that they uh, named it after was a man who fought against Claudius II, the emperor, because he was outlawing marriage for young men because he wanted them all to go into the army. And he felt mm-hmm. like if they were married, they weren't good in the army. Um, and that was in 270. Okay. So, I mean, look, you want minutia? I'm giving no, you, you, minutia.
2: You, you got. It. And by the way, my favorite Pope was Pope Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what years he was, but... Pope Hilarius is by Saint
0: name. Valentine is the patron saint of couples, love and happy marriages, and yeah. beekeepers. 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 Apparently Saint yeah. Valentine's was a big uh was a big hmm. beekeeper.
2: He was also the uh the keeper of the overpriced uh restaurant meals <laughs> too right. on Valentine's
0: Day. Are right? you doing anything? Are you taking out uh, the lovely lady? No. no. Yeah Are you? No. <laughs> I haven't for years and years and. Years. Oh, I, I
2: I I haven't either. I mean, uh, um, actually, our my next story is going to is going to talk about a Valentine's uh, uh, somebody who put forth some effort in Valentine, which you and I no longer do.
0: But you know, I but, will say this about my my wife Bridget. I think she is being completely. Uh, sincere when she says she doesn't want anything for Valentine's Day and she doesn't care. And I think yeah. she really means it. Right. And, and right. for years and years when I worked in radio, I would, you know, had there were women on the show and every Valentine's Day they'd say to me, so what'd you get your wife? And I'd say, I got her nothing. Yeah, She doesn't care right. about Valentine's Day. And they'd all look at me like, you idiot. Right. She says uh, that. She doesn't mean it. She really wants something. So on the way home every year on Valentine's Day, I would get something and give it to her and she'd go, "I told you, I don't
2: want anything." Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh what would you get?
0: You'd stop at the Walgreens and what yeah. would you buy? Yeah, I'd buy candy <laughs> or some, some crap. Yeah. Right. But she never bought me anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh we
2: you know, we did you know, when we were dating and certainly maybe the first years of marriage we did. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Every were, day with me is a Valentine.
0: You and I actually were both going to get engaged on Valentine's Day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why don't you tell that story? <laughs> uh, you, uh, you shoved uh, you shoved a middle finger up my ass there. Come on, go
0: come oh, on, go uh, ahead, tell the story. So in 1990, Dave and I yeah. went and uh, bought uh, engagement rings at the same time, right it's for like, each other. Yeah, uh, we were both uh, dating our girlfriends for a very long time. And we thought it would be kind of fun if we got engaged on the same day. Mm-hmm. And you know, we went to my aunt, who's a jeweler, and she she uh, set us up with uh, engagement rings. And
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and this was right around Christmas time or so, and, and we mm-hmm. both went home.
2: right, 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 right. We
0: both went home with the rings, and and uh, I looked at the ring, and I thought, oh, my, I just have to ask her. I just have to ask her. I know Dave and I decided we were going to wait till. Uh, Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> right. I can't. I can't wait. I want to marry this woman so much. <laughs> I have to ask her immediately. Yeah. Well, you were just worried that you were going to lose the ring. That was what. Yeah, yeah and sure. also, uh, I was working for Stephen Geary at that time, and and they got wind of it, and they started telling Bridget because she also worked at the Loop. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Chris going to ask you to marry him. You know? <laughs> Isn't that That's nice. A lot. So once that word is out there, you can't just sit on it for two months. Although as <laughs> you'll find out, it is possible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, more than two months. But go on, finish your little story. So yeah,
0: go I, ahead. I asked her to marry me on a it's like a regular Tuesday night when she least expected. We went out to a a Chinese restaurant and I had a a little uh, will you marry me uh in the shape of a fortune from like a fortune cookie oh, made oh. up and I opened a fortune cookie and I handed her the thing it said, Will you marry me? I like, Wow, isn't this funny that this is in here? And, and it was <laughs> Did you do a lucky episode. number, six,
2: twelve, yeah. fifteen, 22.
0: <laughs> It was a very special moment and and yeah. uh and that night after after we had dinner, I called my best friend Dave. <laughs> and i said hey dave i just want to <laughs> let you know i'm engaged i asked bridget to marry me tonight she said yes and you said fuck you and hung up the phone <laughs>
2: well, uh well you know we had a deal right so but once once you broke the deal yeah put the pressure on me it's not like i had to the like, all right well valentine's day i don't really have to do it on valentine's day anymore so i waited and then you know so I'm like all right, i'm not going to do it on valentine's day and then march comes around and i'm like you know Michelle's birthday is in June. I'll just do it then, and that'll save me a birthday present, right? (laughs) So I asked her to marry me on her birthday, June
0: 20th. So he had an engagement ring for six months. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I think that you didn't ask her, this is just my theory, just to get back at me. It was out of spite. It was. Totally. It was, was, wasn't it? Not out of, no. It was. There was definitely an element of that.
2: Uh, and then we went to Shea Paul for dinner on her birthday. I mean, she knew it was coming. I think there was absolutely no surprise. And then we went to.
0: A- hadn't uh, she actually laid down the law and, and given you like a, if nothing happens by X date. Uh,
2: I don't think it was written anywhere, but there could have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that there there may have been. Uh, you know, it was like in college. I waited to the last minute to study for an exam. It was kind of the same thing. And. Um, we went to Shea Paul had a very nice dinner. Then we went to the John Hancock building, the top of the John Hancock building, which is going to be renamed. Yeah. Did you see that? Um, and uh, I asked her to marry me on the, you know, it was a beautiful night in June and the lights of the city and everything. And then we went home and Michelle threw up cause she had drunk too much, drank too much. So Aww. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I'm very happily married and to my wife who, May or may not listen to this podcast. I love you, and happy Valentine's Day. How does that sound?
0: That's fine. I accept your Valentine's Day wishes. Okay. Oh, you you mean your second wife, Michelle?
2: Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, Speaking of presents, we have a winner. Oh, let's hear it. Um, And this is the winner in our retweet and follow contest, and all you have to do to win is go on our Twitter page and retweet and um, follow us. Uh, and retweet one of our tweets jack p hastings of nebraska or no i'm sorry jack p of hastings nebraska he didn't want us to use his last day so jack p of hastings nebraska won and this is what he won he won a he won a price pack well worth over the 25 dollars uh, that we mentioned he won a reluctant immigrant uh the book the book not an exact not an actual reluctant immigrant yeah there's lots uh, of those now yeah <laughs> yeah right the radio misfits network uh frowns upon human trafficking so it's just the book uh an amish chicago coffee mug
0: which was made what? in nebraska
2: it was it was uh wow i didn't even remember that a crying cub shirt and a copy of chuck quinzio's life behind the camera so congratulations goes out to jack p of hastings nebraska and, and, again, all you got to yeah. do is retweet and, re- and follow, and you have a chance to win every week.
0: Listen, comment, rate, and subscribe to Minutia yeah. Men. All right, Dave.
2: Uh, all right, this is a Valentine's Day story. Um, the um, I, And we were just talking about it. Um, this comes out of Belfast, Ireland. Have we ever had a Belfast, Ireland
0: no, story? No, I don't think so. All right.
2: So this dude named Duncan Robb. He wanted to do something special for his girlfriend on Valentine's Day. So he was still in the period where he gives a crap, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So he um, got tickets. He bought a couple of tickets to his girlfriend's favorite band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay? He got great seats, and they were remarkably cheap, too. Win-win, right? Sure. Uh, Well, it appears that Duncan bought tickets to the red hot chili pipers the most (laughs) famous bagpipe band on the planet so their website says uh so they had a nice laugh what do they call what do they call laughing in ireland they Uh, call laugh yeah i don't know uh i'm sure they shagged afterwards do they shag in ireland
0: (laughs) so everybody was maybe they didn't (laughs) <laughs> uh, but
2: no, evidently, uh, his girlfriend took it in stride. They had a nice laugh about it. And uh, so um, uh, I do think that the Red Hot Chili Pipers, yeah. brilliant name, because, you know, it's not the first time somebody accidentally bought tickets to their show. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. right. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to be a comedian. and My name will be, uh, you know, Jerry Steinfeld.
0: <laughs> there was a band that used to play in the Chicago area called Free Hot Lunch.
2: <laughs> that's Which awesome. I thought, you
0: know, what a good idea right. that
2: is. But right. um do you remember when we saw the Who? Of course you remember. When we saw the Who at the House of Blues yeah. back in ninety six, seven, whatever it was.
0: With um, with your gerbils, Roger and Pete.
2: <laughs> right, right. They were play. And uh um I don't know if you remember this. I mean you've got to remember this. You know, the Who they they kind of squeezed in those shows. It was kind of a charity event and you know, obviously, the Who playing in a small venue like that became a big thing. So they had to bump the Charlie Daniels Band. Do you remember that? No, I don't. So so the Charlie Daniels Band was supposed to play on the night that the Who played or one of the nights of the Who played. And while we were in line, there was like a half a dozen people that were not obviously not Who fans. Yeah, that, what, did, that not. did
0: not get the word.
2: Uh, yeah they you know and they had you know probably driven from possibly florida
0: i to think see, uh, georgia dave the devil went down to georgia <laughs> right
2: so uh and then they realized it was the who i heard a lot of dang nabbits you know dang <laughs> yeah. nabbit uh and that was of course the days before the internet where you can't you know um but i'll never forget the people going to the charlie daniels band and sadly being upset that who yeah. we're playing instead. S- so sad. there you go. Well, happy Valentine's Day to Duncan Rob and his
0: good sport of a girlfriend. Yes, very much so. Time for our Cubs feature.
1: Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave.
0: So I got a Valentine's present from the Cubs this year. A 13% price increase? No. You, Darvish, a new yeah. starting pitcher. Uh, potential ace for the Cubs, Japanese uh, uh, hurler, as we like mm-hmm. to say. Um, but I actually thought this morning, are there any Cubs that are born on Valentine's Day? And, and I want you to guess how many uh, in in the history of the Cubs. And, you know, I've written about every single one of them, every Cub ever on our website. How many Cubs are born on Valentine's Day?
2: Uh, how many people have played for the Cubs?
0: Over 2,000.
2: All right. So I would say one 365th were born on Valentine's Day. So that is, I would say
0: seven, five, five right. Cubs born on Valentine's Day. And all of them were really bad. <laughs> uh, there's a Stewart who played for the Cubs in 1895, who made 52 errors in his only big league season.
2: Oh, 52 in one year. That's good. Okay. That's pretty
0: good. Uh, there was a guy named Mike Heckinger who played for the Cubs in 1912, a backup catcher who got five at-bats. Okay. There was Ewell Eubanks who played for the Cubs on, uh, in 1922. Uh, he, but he had a great career as a game show host. Afterwards. Yeah, exactly. He, he got uh, one at-bat and he got a hit, so his lifetime average is is 1,000. Mm -hmm. But he was a pitcher, and his ERA was 27. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then there was uh, Daniel Garabay, who was a Mexican, uh, the first, I believe, Mexican-born player to play for the Cubs. He was 2-8 with an ERA over 6 in his one year. And then the best one, the best player born on Valentine's Day to ever play for the Cubs was named Len Gabrielson. He was the guy that replaced Lou Brock. After the <laughs> trade in 1964. So, uh, you know, Lou hit 348 for the Cardinals that year and led them to the World Series. Gabrielson hit 246 for the Cubs and led them to an eighth-place finish.
2: But he was born on Valentine's Day, and I that's a born special. on Valentine's
0: Day. All right, well, there you go. Time for our final feature.
1: A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave.
0: This is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar and pulls out a name of a celebrity that I've met over my 20-some year radio career, and I have to explain or tell the story of how I met that person.
2: Uh, love this guy, Warren Zevon.
0: Oh man, I love Warren Zevon too. He uh, he was in town. I'm gonna say this was 1988, and uh, he had a. And I was at that time. I was the producer of Stephen Gary Show, and and my job was to book the guests. And so we got Warren Zevon lined up. And Steve had told me that Warren was. You know, a great musician, and his his songs are really funny, but he's not a great guest. Hmm. Uh, so you know, make sure we figure out some way to so that he can play some music. Well, I was a, a huge fan of that Excitable Boy album, mm-hmm. which has you know lawyers, guns, and money, and uh, werewolves, werewolves of London, of werewolves yeah. of London. You know, okay. Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. All of these songs are piano songs, right? yeah yeah so i rented a piano uh, like a keyboard for warren to play well it turns out that warren doesn't play the piano
2: (laughs) (laughs) so he played chopsticks. (laughs) (laughs) no he told
0: me he told me uh in the uh, green room beforehand i told him i got a piano for him and you know he's not required to play but it'd be great if he did. And he said, well, you know, I don't play the piano anymore. I don't know how to. I haven't played it in 10 years. <laughs> you got a guitar? I said, no. He goes, okay, well, then I guess we'll just do the interview. And he did the interview, and it was a lackluster interview, <laughs> as, as all the other Warren Zevon interviews were. But he did uh, autograph my Best of Warren Zevon album which I have up in my office downstairs and uh, it's one of my prized possessions. And, and I, he was like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, and yeah. we got to go to see his show that night. And if you ever want to listen to, uh, a, a fantastic album, the one that he wrote as he was dying and he died, right, right. he died like in 2001 cancer. Um, that album is, and it came out after he died. That right, album right. is just spectacular. It's my recommendation to you.
2: Um, I remember when he was dying; he was very open and did a lot of interviews. Maybe lackluster, I don't know. Uh, but he made no bones about him dying, and he yeah. needed to get it finished before he died. I remember those interviews where let's you know let's cut this interview short. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> well, there was a
0: song uh, on there called "My Shit's Fucked Up," which I, you know. <laughs> It's how we felt, you know? Uh, yeah. just that yeah. stuff. Yeah. He was young, too, wasn't he? He was mid-50s or something? Yeah. Or? About our age. Yeah. So, to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana, with Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode
1: of Minutiaman. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?